my mom asked when I was a kid, she was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a communist. And uh, she was like, what? You guys ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. Welcome back to Johnny Radio. Today's guest, NYC based comedian, co host of the Rad Dude Cast with Brandon Ayer and Anthony DeVito. Greg, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? No, nothing much. Just having a. It's late for me. <laughs> but uh, that's not like that wasn't an insult. Oh, geez. I don't know. If, I mean, <laughs> it's not late. It just, I uh, definitely came way too early and been sitting in front of my computer since like 8 15. Hey, just like, well, I guess I'll get ready to go. And, and uh, it was way too early. You know? Yeah. Sorry. I would have had you on a little bit earlier, but we actually had another pod that we needed to. Uh, the, yeah. That wasn't, I wasn't trying to insult you. It was just like a thing of like, I set my alarm way too early. I wasn't like, hey, man, what the fuck? You said seven o'clock <laughs> three months ago. I maintain the seven o'clock rule that you set up three months ago or whatever, whenever we talked on Twitter. Well, I'm just glad we could finally get you on. I really appreciate it. Um, before we get into it, though, Greg Stone, blue check mark, all in text. That's your Twitter name. I've always wondered, are you bitter about something or are you doing that as like a bit? Oh, no, I'm not bitter, but I did apply for a blue check mark and they we, actually what happened was we were on the show uh I, we were i was writing on this show and they were like we're getting everyone blue check marks and they got everyone blue check marks except me i don't really care at all but i was like well who i'll just write it next to my own name that's fun who, what the <laughs> hell's the difference what does any of this matter in anything none of it means anything i can just write it and it's fine and i saw a bunch of other people did it no offense they're fucking everyone's stealing my bit but whatever it's a great bit you know no um, I, yeah uh... no i'm not bitter about social media uh, at all okay yeah no i, was I don't just, think it was just something i was always curious about yeah all right man well thanks for coming on the show uh right, great. see you guys later <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all i needed yeah. so, uh... <laughs> you, oh, so i had one question it was about the blue check mark <laughs> and we are one and done yeah i know um, yeah um but yeah uh, i've been following you for a little bit um obviously anthony devito brandon Aaron, and uh j chain j train um we had Jared on a few weeks ago. I saw Obviously, that. all those guys are hilarious. Um, so before we get into it, let's talk about your podcast, The Rad Dude Cast. Sure. And I try to explain this to people about exactly what it's about. Mm -hmm. And I'm having a hard time doing it because it's basically yeah. part improv, satirical comedy. How would you best describe it? Let me tell you, we've been doing this podcast seven fucking years. No one knows how to fucking describe this stupid goddamn thing. Hence why we are living in swallow. Uh, like it's the, the rule. I can tell you the rule we had when we started the Rad Dude Cast. It was one rule. Anybody who has an idea, the others have to do it. So you have to go along. If someone wants to talk politics, we talk po But we really don't really ever talk politics. But like if someone wants to, we do it. If someone wants to do a character, we do it. You want to play a fucking game? We do it. It's whatever we want to do. And that kind of is what kept us from like doing other podcasts, right? Like if I want to do a comic book podcast, I just do it on the Rad Dude cast. You know, you never get bored. You never, you're never, we're never like painted into a corner. Uh, and it gets as crazy as weird. It gets mostly weird. Uh, it gets pretty much as crazy as uh, our minds are. And, and that kind of just works out for us. Cause you can kind of like, imagine being on a TV show where you never have to, you never have to be on another TV show. Cause every idea you have, you can just do it. 
I guess that's, that's the first. I guess that's the first rule of improv, right? You just kind of go with it. So yeah. Also, none of us improvisers. We're all stand-up <laughs> comedians. We do the most improv podcast I've ever I've ever heard of. It's totally an improv podcast. But like, yeah, I mean, Anthony and I took some improv, but we're stand-up comedians. Anthony's yeah. more of just a rich person. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, you guys are at episode what two ninety five, so you guys are almost three hundred. It's uh, pretty impressive. Um, yeah, so let's just dive right into it, man. So sure. obviously, one of the questions is that you get a lot. How'd you get into comedy? How'd you get into stand up and you know podcasting too? Oh well, that's yeah. I mean, it's a long. It's a I don't like whatever. It's a long quite. I start. I wanted to do comedy since I was a child. Since I was my mom. I, there's like a story. I every whenever people ask this question, I tell this story. But my mom asked when I was a kid. She was like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I said, "I want to be a communist." And uh, she was like, "What?" And I, like, I want to be a communist. And I was like five or six. And she was like, I don't know what he's watching. But we need to start watching with the TV he's watching. Anyway, she see, comes home, sees I'm watching Gallagher. And she was like, oh, you make comedian. You didn't fuck. Literally, little did she know that being a comedian in 2020, you're also a communist. But uh, as per what my mom thinks, uh, my mom is very, uh, my mom is very uh, not right wing, I would say, uh, crazy. So uh, there is a difference. There is a difference. To, I was raised with Republican. I'm uh, I'm like a middle of the road guy. <laughs> I don't really. I really believe I'm. I can look at both sides. Uh, my mom is Fox News twenty four hours a day. Does not go off OCD. As is mine. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of like. And there's a difference between Republicans and people who don't turn off any news. Uh, this is not what I want to talk about and someone please interrupt me I do not want to talk about this kind of shit uh, I don't want to bury my mom on this podcast but uh, yeah so I to listen but yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I wanted to be since I was a kid and then my dad worked at a comedy club uh, bananas comedy club in Hasbrook Heights New Jersey in like 94 so ever my dad I would go to these comedy shows as a kid and my dad would take us to see uh, at first it was just clean comics you know we would see uh Kevin, I saw Kevin Meany a million fucking times. Uh, and then he was just like, yeah, he just kind of like the, the, he's, you know, it's like, it just started getting worse and worse and worse. Like, and then we, we were just seeing Don Myrera. He goes, look, I know, look, he curses, but you got to see Don Myrera. And we would see Don Myrera. I mean, I, I could repeat all of Don Myrera's act for him. Like as he, and I didn't realize this as a comedian, that's like a shitty thing to do to a comedian. But I was like 13 watching Don Myrera and I'm doing his act to him. And looking back, it's like, that's fucking horrible. He must have been like, dude, stop. You're ruining the punchlines. But I was like, no, I love this guy. I see him every time. And I would do all the words. And then I started stand up in, a, I don't know how much of this story you want. You guys interrupt me when you get bored. Uh, not so 2000, I was dating a girl who I was in love with. She was born again Christian. And uh, the Twin Towers go down. Her dad says the Twin Towers went down because of uh and he was supposed to be in the building and he was like I'm the you know jesus kept me out of the buildings so you know because we're good christians he said some shit and i was just like well, why didn't he instead of telling you not to go to work why didn't he just keep a guy out of the plane would have saved a lot more people she starts crying he's like what is that supposed to mean we break up she starts dating the christian band dude um and i was like you know, and then and then I to prove to her I was something, I finally went out and did a bringer show at Stand Up New York, and started doing stand up all to prove that I had 
that I would that like, yeah, you made the wrong decision. I was like, I'm gonna be on fucking TV. I'm gonna prove her wrong. You know, fucking 20 years later, here I am on a podcast with two guys. I don't know that I've ever seen before in my life. So <laughs> we did win. Well, uh, that's a big win for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the reasons, Greg, why I started the podcast was just to. It was during the the whole pandemic, obviously, right? And I just wanted to create an outlet for my friends to sort of talk on the internet rather than just text or call or you know i've always loved podcasts for the longest time mm -hmm. so i kind of wanted to try to dive into it and then i realized i could start talking to people on the internet that are internet personalities that i would never have the chance to talk to yeah. for Wrong example again you could have just texted me i would have called you <laughs> i'm not doing shit and i'll talk to anybody ask any fan i'm always like what are you okay i'll call you and well, i just talk to people well but sure no this is great yeah, it's one thing to tweet at someone or talk to them like through Twitter or Instagram or whatever. It's another thing to like talk to them sort of quote unquote face to face. So totally, totally. This yes. I use I use the Rad Dude cast to talk to Chingy. I don't, I'm not even a Chingy fan, but I'm a Rad Dude. <laughs> We've had like three guests in the Rad Dude cast history. One of them is Chingy, the rapper. Why? Because it was like, fuck it, he'll do it. We'll do it. Come on. So yeah, I'm hundred percent for that move. Yeah, it's it's amazing who you can get on, really. So um so during this whole pandemic and everything that's going on, um, obviously you haven't been able to do stand up in person. How have you, and I guess along with Anthony and Brendan and everyone sort of balanced all the different social media platforms as far as getting your content out and creating mm -hmm. new content? And how has that changed for you in the past few months? Um, well, I don't know. I think I'm going to give you a lateral answer to that because I don't know if I have the if I can directly answer that just because I'm not really. Yeah, I'll just tell you. I'll just talk and whatever. You'll just get. Yeah, go else. for it. You want you ask for a hamburger? I'm going to bring you a hot dog and then I'm going <laughs> to run away from the table and pretend like and not see you till the check comes. Uh, so I guess that to answer that question in a weird way is, I didn't really. I was I've done a few live shows in the park recently, but when COVID was all happening, uh, one we started doing the podcast four times a week as opposed to one, which kind of got that funny outlet out for me. Uh, but that's aside from that, for me, I looked at the thing from the beginning was aside from looming death, uh, I was like, oh, I'm just going to concentrate on all the things I've wanted to do that aren't stand-up. Uh, when you do stand-up comedy, it's a well that you can never fill. You can never you're always writing jokes. There's always new stuff. There's never enough work to be done. So when stand-up stopped, I was like, oh, now's the only time I'll ever begin, I'll ever be able to write a movie or write a TV show. Uh, and that's what I've been doing. I've been writing, I wrote, uh, and like a lot of, you know, and by write, I mean, I wrote outlines for, and like I didn't write like full scripts and shit. And, and I definitely didn't send them to anybody. But I was able to like um, really hone this other craft of like writing and uh, learning other things that I would not have had the time to do uh, with when when stand up was every single night, three times a night, you know. So, what's the most Nothing obscure like thing you uh, you've picked up or started doing? Obscure, um, or is there one? <laughs> well, I did start uh, carrying around drumsticks. <laughs> I don't play the drums. I just like to be the guy who walks around town doing this. That's pretty obscure. <laughs> But I was like, that's a new look that's fun. Uh, no, I wrote a Fantastic Four comic, which I thought was fun. Uh, what other weird things I've done? Uh, I took a bunch of... Um, i trying to think of like uh, weird shit I've done because I've done a couple weird things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think really just like uh, I wrote a, like a Pixar movie. I never saw that kind of happening. Like I wrote a kid's movie that 
and it's just like an, an outline, but I was like, oh, this is a thing I would have never thought I would do. Um, I started you, paying attention to my wife. I'm sorry, <laughs> not interrupt. I'm just curious. No, like, what made you want to write though? Like, it's like one day, you're just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just do it. Or, uh, do you mean in general? Or do you mean just that story specifically? Just in just in general, like you're just sitting around, you're like, I want to write a comic, then I want to write a Pixar movie. Well, is I've that always, you always wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted. I've always had a million stories in my head that are like, oh, these. I'm like, I've always been a movie based writing guy, but I have really bad ADD and learning disabilities and shit, so I can never sit down and write them. Uh, so what I started doing is just leaning into the weaknesses, right? So like, yeah, I can't sit and write a script, but I can write 50 outlines. And then I realized, okay, Greg, just keep getting more and more in depth with the outline, right? So like, instead of just sitting down and be like, I'm gonna write 50 pages, I like, here's the outline. And then I just get really specific with those outlines. And that kind of, I kind of figured out my own ways of writing that I couldn't do before this. Um, but a more fun answer is, why did I write a Pixar movie? Because I got really high and stared at a bunch of ants. And I went, what if the ants were big, man? It was like, <laughs> and I mean, I went from there. But like, I've always had like a bunch of stories in my mind that I've wanted to kind of like write into movies. And, and now was the time to do it because I just had time to do it. So you got to explain all those <laughs> figurines you have behind you. Well, let because... me correct you first. They are figures. Figurines are what old people <laughs> Carry. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell you the difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are like precious moments and shit. These are action figures, and uh, yeah, um, I always answer that question with a question. People say, "Why do you have action figures?" And I say, "Why don't you have action figures?" You know what I mean? What was the moment in your life where you went? Yeah, um, this doesn't mean anything. Like this doesn't, you know, like this is dumb, right? I think that for me, I collect action figures. Again, it, it kind of goes back to the storytelling thing, right? Uh, it started with, it's how I write. It's, it is a little bit, it's, as an adult, it's weird. To, like, because I don't like to be the guy who explains these things. And then you're like, that's just an excuse. The guy likes toys. I do like toys. I love going to a Walgreens, running the toy aisle. You see something, you're kind of hunting and you get a little dopamine drip. It's just a, it's a little bit of like, oh, it's a little bit of happiness. You get an Amazon package and it's not a fucking spatula. It's Spider-Man. It's it it's a little bit of a drip and it's cheap and it's nice. Uh, but also setting them up like I'll, I'll like set them up. It's like a really Zen thing for me to do because like they'll fall down and I like to set them up. And and I and then I think like, why would Spider-Man be with Batman? Right. And then you go, OK, that's like an idea. And then you and then I decompress it from there. And then I go, OK, now. Why is Spider-Man with Batman? And they go, okay, let's say for this reason, right? They go, okay, what if Spider-Man wasn't Batman? And then I go, and then all of a sudden I'm writing stories that are kind of based on this random uh, thing. It, I think it is a really great uh, writing tool, but also like it kept me alive during the pandemic, like just getting packages in the mail. Come on, we all love getting mail, oh, right? Of course. You know, what do you get in the mail? What do you guys get in the mail that you love? It, if I'm like thinking about something on Amazon, I'm like, I'm going to go hammer that. I'm going to make sure it's here in two days for like a week time. You know, then it's like, ah, oh, then I don't even want this anymore. So I'll just be like, I want like a cocktail shaker. I'm like, I want that right now. Then I'm going to go drink it for a week. Then I'll be like, ah, I haven't right. touched it. Yeah. It's the fucking dopamine drip. And with these things, like, I don't really, t I, I set them up and I go and I'm done. It's just that little fucking, <clears throat> actually, you, you're a sneaker guy. I could see the sneakers hanging yeah. back, right? It's the same shit. It's this. It's the same shit. But I think most people, like if look at that. Like, did you grow up with comic books or toys? What toys did you guys grow up with? Uh, yeah, I, I did the superhero, like the action figures. Um, had a few comics, but I wasn't the biggest guy. 
You play GI Joe, Transformers, anything? Yeah, shit? yeah. Like, um, what's Hot Wheels? You know, build that up. Right. Oh, dude, that's so fun. Little Hot Wheels ramp. Oh yeah, have those, but um, yeah, but like you kind of like you're told to not like it as an adult. You're told like, no, that's for kids. Right. right. But then you, but like all of that shit is bullshit. It's all just things that marketing departments um, decided, right? There's a big thing about action figures that the reason that um, video games, the reason that video games are sold to boys is because there was a boy section, there was a girl section. They didn't know what to do. So they just said, fuck it, put it in the boys section. And that's why video games are for mostly for boys. That's like the only reason. Action figures is like, look, it's just a thing that you can kind of collect and you can look at and gets you through this fucking horrible life we have to live forever. Was that too much? I don't know. You guys no, don't seem to talk. It's, it's I nice. won't stop talking. It's, There's a goddamn mosquito in my room. Uh, <laughs> no, it's nice to have something like that, honestly. And uh, I was actually listening to an episode of KFC Radio um, mm-hmm. where they had a segment from uh, Am I the Asshole? Mm-hmm. And the situation was this guy, he collected action figures, mm-hmm. um, and his girlfriend wasn't really into it. So when yeah. she would go to bed, he would take them out and play with them. You know, not like what you do, but sure. that's that's just something that he was into. Like it was just yeah. one hobby he had, right? So she went to his dad mm-hmm. and they collectively threw them out Oof. without Oof. him knowing when he didn't know. And then he lost it. I would divorce and, her. I would kill him. And we all agreed, like, <laughs> she was definitely the asshole. Like, oh, that's, yeah. so, that's so fucked up. Yeah, that's... You take the one thing he likes in this world, he's courteous enough to not do it when you're necessarily around. Sure. And you take it away from him. Dude, let me say this about playing, right? Because it's fun It's fun to be on on a, this, a, this podcast and talk about action figures because I feel like I, <laughs> you two do not look like the people I'd be talking to about action figures. You're about 200 <laughs> pounds too light. Uh, but I don't really play with them. If I'm being honest with you, and I'm upset about that because the reality is playing is a great way to get your imagination going, mm-hmm. right? But why, why as adults, do we need to shut our fucking imaginations down? It's like you're stunting growth of your brain. I think I bet you in 20, 30 years, uh, play will be a natural thing that people do when you have a kid. Do you either of you have kids? No. no. Neither do I. But I would imagine that when you have a kid, you start playing with them. And I mean, I was playing with my nephew the other day, and we were imp- what the fuck is the rad dude cast? It's all improvising. It's playing. We're all playing house. We're all playing characters. We're all doing that shit. So adults not doing it is almost like you're not working that muscle. I do believe that there should be forms of play that adults do, but even just saying that it sounds weird, but it's it's fucking true. Don't ever be in Peter Pan, don't ever grow up. Just pay bills <laughs> and don't let your kids die. It's the same shit. Yeah, it just has this taboo, and it's unfortunate, really, because in modern society and in the corporate world, they want us to be—they want us to sit behind a desk and in an office and say, "Be creative." Well, yeah. how do you do that? Yes. How do you do that? I can't what? do that. I can't sit behind a desk and just go. You know what I mean? The yeah. fact that they ask you to come into a cubicle, put a tie on. Follow all these rules now. Break all the rules. Well, I'm not. No, that's that's fucking crazy. They work you to the bone and then you die. And then we just be cut. And now you want to get into this shit. And this is why we say God. We love God. Why? Because all the shit you're doing now is for later. Guess what? There is no fucking later. So do everything you can now. Have a fucking blast because when it's over, it's over. 
So what are you going to do? You're going to fucking work to the bone till you're dead? Sorry, I don't know if this is a religious podcast or not, but it's fucking, <laughs> it's like, it's insane the shit they ask you to do and they they sell you an afterlife so that you don't feel bad about grinding every day. Right. I, you know, I'd rather be a comedian that never made a God that, that dies, you know, not getting the TV credits or the things I wanted, but I, I, I got to have a good time and explore these different aspects of life that I would have never done if I was still working at fucking Sears. I'm sorry I'm cursing so much. No, you're good. You're good. I no, you it. could you could do anything on this. <laughs> um, so we're both unemployed, actually. So all three of us are old friend. <laughs> <laughs> you so, could sorry, I'm actually curious because I've always thought about this as like the struggling artist, right? So do you guys as in like the comedian group, even when you get gigs, do you feel like, oh, we're unemployed, we just go get gigs? Or how do you guys like classify it? Yeah, I mean, it's one way, I don't know how the the accountant classifies it, but I always look at after every gig, I am fired. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a new job every, every single show, but you work long enough. You start to go, Oh, I can trust the fact that I will have this many, this much money coming eventually. I mean, no one knows now with COVID, but like, you know, we make some money on the podcast and I make some money from an album that gets plays and shit. And I do, uh, you know, you it's comedy is all about, um, for most people, not for people like, like even for them too, but it's like, it's a little bit of money from a lot of different things, mm. you know, like I get a little bit of money from standup. I get a little bit of money from residuals. I get a little bit of money from a podcast, you know, and it's like all of that adds up this way. If something happens and they cut off a few of those, you still have survive, you know, like if I get me too or something, God knows that's coming. Uh, <laughs> when I get me too or something, it's like, well, you still have these other I'm not me too. I don't know why I said me too, but because they would actually settle that down. But like if like you know if you, you have to cancel, yeah, you have other outlets. So yeah, you have a lot of other things that you're kind of making money on that'll keep you floating. You know, like they can't take Louis C.K.'s residuals away. Right. You know, he, he lost thirty five million dollars, but he's still probably getting money from whatever shit he helped write. You know, I mean, the they don't play the things he was starring in, but you know, I'm sure he helped write things that he probably still gets writers checks from and all that. Mm. It's nowhere near the nut he was making, but. You can't fully like. Uh, I mean, I can't walk outside without some feminist spitting in his face. But feminine. Why do I sound like this? I don't know. Because you guys have forward hats on. I just all of a sudden I'm Mister Conservative. Um, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't stereotype, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, look at me. No, I don't know. I just, I just going crazy. What? Um, I don't. I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, but yeah, so did, I, that, did yeah. I answer your question? I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, no you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is kind of a random question, but sure. you know, with podcasts getting more and more popular, and 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 you know, more people are creating them, and more people are trying to use that as a source of revenue. Do you think ads are taking over podcasts, and people are sort of? you know, abusing them and sort of just putting too many on. It's funny. Uh, I do a podcast four days a week. I don't really listen to podcasts. Um, I listen to like two or I guess I listen to two or three. And the ones I listen to don't have too many ads. Like I listen to Conan's podcast. And I think that one has like one in the beginning, maybe one in the middle. Um, I've heard their podcast. I do like a half hour of ads. But I mean, if I'll watch some stuff on YouTube, but I'll just fast forward. Um, <laughs> I, I It's hard for me to say, to be honest with you, because like, Look, man, no, this is no offense. I'm saying no offense, but we have 80% of the shit I've done in this business is for free, right? I'm doing this right now for free. You know, I've done 10 years of comedy shows in bars for free, right? 
comedians need to, you know, we need to live, you know, and like, you know, and then look, you know, if some of these ads, it's like, look, maybe whatever, maybe big guys or whatever. But if you're getting ad space and shit, look, man, people can fast forward it. If you can't deal with the show, I mean, how many ads are on a TV show, right? You watch, right. you know, every, any show that's 45 minutes is, is 35 minutes <laughs> of writing or 23 minutes, you know, like that's how that is. You know, I mean, if they're doing a half an episode of ads, that's crazy. But I mean, dude, it's, we, you know, as a comedian too, it's like, sh should they be, should they making, be making only 30 grand a year? No, like some of us want to have nice lives. And I'm right. not saying being super rich, but you know, let me make at least as much as a fucking teacher or a good salesman. You know what I mean? So like, look, if they're, I, I don't, it, to me, it's all the viewer. If you really don't like it, it, if it takes you out of the experience that much, I, I get not listening. Um, but if you have, if you just won't do it because of some weird stance, that's a fucked up stance, man. We, we, man, we're a lot, especially now, a lot of us are fucking hungry and a lot of us don't except the top tier guys. It's like, dude, we're, we're just working people who are, you know, m doing most of the, sh I did seven years of the rad dude cast for free, you know, and I have people, and I'm not trying to sound egotistical, but I have people who are like, you help me get through depression. Uh, you know, you make my day better. It's like, thanks, but I can't do this without being able to put food on my table at some point, you know, and mm. look, I'm not looking to eat lobster tails every night, but you know, we just started getting ads. Now I won't do ads for shit that I don't believe in. Um, that's like a huge thing for me. <laughs> like I'm not going to do an ad for, I don't know anything religious or uh, any of that shit. Um, I can't think of something I wouldn't do an ad for off the top of my head, but uh, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, Hey, are you a, <laughs> Oh, we, we did a, um, I don't know. I can't think of some. I'm sure there are ads I wouldn't do ads for, but I won't do them for things that I don't believe in. That's yeah, fair I, enough. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed it was one of the trends in podcasts, so I just sure. wanted to hear your take on it. Great question. Um, I mean, that's a great question. I was just, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just fired up, baby. I'm fired up. <laughs> I right, think it is personable. I'm just a yeller. I'm just a yeah. I'm just a. I'm just big energy. <laughs> so I'm happy, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Uh, one of the funniest acts that uh, Brad and I have seen on YouTube of you. <laughs> is about the one where you got that question with that you weren't expecting. Oh, where... right. that's so funny. So I don't know if people haven't seen it, but it's basically, I don't know, Greg, if you want to explain it. Oh yeah. I just was doing a, sh I was doing a bit and I was about to go into a bit about my stepdad and what I do. And look, um, I, I set myself up for this shit. I am someone who on stage, I love, I love the fact that a bomb could blow up in my face. I love letting people in. I love talking to people in a way that's not even like, because a lot of comedians will do crowd work. Like, we'll, see, the first rule of crowd work is know the answer to the question you're about to ask, right? So, like, know where you're going, right? So, it's all sleight of hand bullshit, right? It's like, hey, you look like a proctologist. And then you go in your proctologist bit. It's all bullshit. I don't like to do that. I like to be like, hey, man what races do you not like or some shit that's going to be like, you should not be talking about any of this. Right. I've never said that. That's a wild thing to say, but like, I like, I like the idea of danger and crowd work. You know, I can, I can talk to people. I'll, I'll talk to you. So I was doing a, I was doing this a bit about um, some bullshit. I asked like, I got crazy parents. Anybody else have your crazy parents and some lady raised her hand and I was like, why are they crazy? And she was like, my dad killed my mom. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, whoa, right? And 
I was never. It's funny because that video went big because it says it was a, it was on Reddit for watch people die inside, and I at no point during that was really dead inside or even like uh, nervous or weird. I was like, oh, this is. I asked for this. I've bombed before. I don't care about bombing, um, and so. And I also knew I didn't have a lot of options, right? So like you start to watch what options you have. I think some comedians, and I got a lot of YouTube comments that were like, oh, I would have trashed you for saying that shit. And I'm like, no, <laughs> man. People in crowds most of the time are a little drunk. And a lot of them are good spirited. Like she, I asked a question. She honestly answered the question, right? I got what I asked for. Mm. I'm, I'm not mad at her, right? So I knew my options were do not shit on this lady. And for that reason and b you shit on this lady the crowd doesn't understand comedy they're not going to be like well she shouldn't have said that they're gonna be like this guy is yelling at a woman whose mother was murdered by her father hasn't she been through enough so i knew to then just make it about myself so then it was like well that's the option i'll go with and it was fine i mean it was fine i had a good time like <clears throat> doing that and i the whole time i'm watching her like is she like not to be I don't think there's that comedy thing of like, you got to be cold. It's like, no, you don't. I don't want this woman to be upset. So right. I watched her the whole time and I was like, are you good? Are we good? And I just made sure we were good. And she was like, no, go ahead. I'm over it. She was clearly over it. And we had a great time making fun of myself for walking into a stupid fucking trap. But <laughs> no, it, was it, was, it's, it was hilarious. And you guys listening and watching, haven't seen it. You guys got to go check it out. It was, I was literally texting that i'm like i'm pissing myself this is so funny <laughs> just like how you reacted how the crowd reacted i'm like this is just great comedy oh so you so, but you did like it it wasn't just like shock factor to you no it was funny like, it was i no, thought you navigated it, shocking, it well yeah. it was great okay. and she was she was cool too so um but i do have a question for you just in sure. terms of stand-up comedy isn't something like i would be like that this is what i can do right you know, you stage right a little bit it's not like i get too nervous but i've always thought like when i go on netflix or when i go to a show What's that feeling like when you come out and you see all those fans or people in the crowd expecting you to be funny and you know it's your job to make them laugh? Um, it's so I'll throw this at you. Um, what's an what job have you had in your life that you were like, yeah, this is what I do, right? Like, do you mind if I ask that? Like, yeah, you, I mean, you that, nothing like uh, anything, nothing like anything. I'd be like, I mean, just like playing sports probably, but that's right. Okay, what sport? Basketball. That's my favorite. Right. And so when someone passes you the ball, you're like, ah, it's probably a 70% chance that I'll get this in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So you do so you do so much stand up that like so first of all, to address the stage fright thing, I want to address that first. Okay. The thing about stage fright is I had it's it's not real, right? Stage fright and stage excitement are the exact same thing mm. up until the last moment in your brain. The last moment in your brain, you go. Uh, you either interpret that as love or hate. But the reality is it's the same thing in your body, right? So I always tell new comics, if you're nervous and you love stand-up, right before you go, don't go, I'm a nerd. Just be like, I used to say the same thing every time before I went on stage, I would go, I can't wait to get on stage. I can't wait to do this. Even when I was, even like if it was like an audition or something was like, a, you know, some big deal show that I was doing and I'm like, fuck me, if you're not good, I would go, you're not nervous. You're excited. And that's the reality is stage fright can easily be that energy. All you have to do is shift it a little bit from nervous to excitement. And then it becomes excitement and then it fucking powers you. Right. And then you're just like, 
Now you're, you can do anything. And that's really with anything in life. Uh, I do it. I hate planes. I say before I get on planes, I go, you're not nervous. You're excited. This is a ride. Pretend this is a fucking ride. Um, and then to the second part of that question was like, they're expecting to be funny. It's like, well, when you do stand up every day, you know what jokes work, right? Okay. So like, I know all of this. Like I've done most jokes at least 10 times before. And I'm a storytelling guy and stories take a little bit longer, at least for me to develop. So like, I'll know at least three or four parts of this story work. Mm. Um, and usually when a story's brand new, it usually works anyway for me because I know it's funny and I'm usually super excited to tell it. And when I'm excited, that energy kind of usually comes off and that'll get me through the first hump. And it's when you're no longer excited about a story and you're still trying to find it. That's the hard part in comedy for me because you're kind of bored with it and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but it's not done yet. So you have to work it. And that's when you really find out whether or not it's really good when you can kind of, you're not relying on the energy to push it and whatever. And so when I'm like, when I look at a crowd, I'm like, Hey, they expect me to be funny. It's like, not to sound arrogant, but it's like, well, I am funny. Right. I do this professionally. I can be funny. And the podcast helps too, because I can be, I've been funny on our podcast um, with nothing prepared. So it's like, all right, Greg, if you can do that, you can do this or, or whatever. I, I don't know. if I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that was great. Great. Um, but that's kind of how I feel about it. Awesome. All right, Greg, this has been a great conversation. Just one more question for sure. you. When is stand up coming back in New York? Live stand up. <laughs> Dude, what do I what do I look like? Cuomo? Uh, <laughs> rea- I mean, the reality is we the reality is we don't know. Right. We don't know. We're, we're doing live stand up now. I mean, there are park shows that aren't really fun. Well, doing park shows is like. I'm like, I'm not doing a lot of them because I just feel it's like, I don't want to go see my mom in hospice, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to love comedy for how I remember her, you know, which was nice. And I've done a few shows and they're okay. Um, the end of this month, um, 25% capacity of indoor dining is happening again. So hopefully we'll get some kind of sh- shows there, hopefully. Um, but you know what, man? Look, I'm just trying to find other ways to... I'm in a lucky situation where... I've done enough in comedy that I've got a little more time left in me before I need to hit the road super hard and whatever. And by that time, hopefully, I mean, I'm making a lot of like, you know, I'm writing these, maybe I'll sell a movie. Maybe I'll do this shit. You know, like I'm, I want my little girl of stand up to go out and when she's ready to come back, I'm here for her. Okay. So if it takes this month, it takes next month. It's like, whatever it is, I'm okay with it because a year it's like, because all of I'm sorry, man. I want to. I'm detracting for a second. Let me just. When uh, where are you guys from? I live in Brooklyn right now, so I'm gonna have to come see you live. Oh, you should come. I will. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, where? I guess where, did you? Were you around for 9/11? No, I'm originally from Montana, so that I was uh, other side <laughs> of the country. Okay, so when 9/11 happened, I'm from Jersey. Uh, my dad's from the Bronx. I wasn't here per se, but I did watch the towers go down mm. uh, with. Like with like a live in live action, right? It was part of my skyline and it went down. And there was part of me that was always remembered as like, what a weird time to be alive. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was bad, but I mean, like it was, a, it was just a thing that you had to experience. And that's how I'm looking at all of this right now. Hopefully my friends and family get out. Okay. And we're all safe, but what a time to be alive, right? Mm-hmm. Stop looking at this. And I'm not telling you to, but I had to tell myself, stop looking at this as like, we're all going to die. It's all going to be whatever. Just look at this as like you're living at a very special time in history, whether it's good or bad. It's a special time. Don't fucking force it. Just live it. Be in it. 
This shit is weird. People are weird, dude. And on top of like how social media is ripping people apart and it's all crazy. We are living through this fucking insane time. And the best advice is to good or bad, soak it in because it's something you'll never, we'll probably never experience again for the rest of our lives. So like, I'm just trying to experience this and create what I can create in this moment for what this is. I don't know if that sounds psychotic, but that's just how, I, how I'm doing. <laughs> no, that's a good point, man. All right, Greg, fantastic conversation. Do you want to plug all your uh, social medias? Uh, sure. Uh, if you guys, um, dude, first of all, check out, if you don't listen to the rad dude cast, you're fucking stupid. No, I'm kidding. Check <laughs> the rad dude cast out. If you like it, subscribe to the Patreon because I need your money. Um, you, I'm actually trying to filter myself off of social media because, uh, I don't know if you guys watch the social dilemma, you need to watch it. If you didn't, it's all I'm pushing. Watch the social dilemma on Netflix because it really nails mm. why the country and the world is fucking weird right now and how these fucking algorithms are ruining our life. AI is taking over the world. Um, and so I, you know, follow me on Instagram and I'm probably, I'm sure I'll be back there cause I'm addicted. Uh, Greg F, uh, Greg F stone and Greg stone underscore. Um, that's it. But, and, uh, but thank you guys so much for having me. I had a great time. Um, I'm, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Awesome, man. So go follow at Greg stone underscore on Twitter at the rad dude cast on Twitter. Subscribe to their Patreon, give them some support for the rad dude cast and, uh, at Greg F stone on Instagram. Greg, thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you guys. Thank you. All right, have a good one, man. Hey, feeling good, like I should.